Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right, we can expect a lot more information regarding Ole Miss's NCAA situation next week, most likely. That's when uh, Ole Miss is set to. Dave, can we start over? Do you hear my baby crying in the background? No, uh, I don't hear her, but yeah, we can start over. Just take hey, a hang long. On we're we're going to have to start over. Hang on, hang on one second. Let me. That's cool. Just, just take a long pause, and I'll cut it out. Okay, yeah, let's just start over. That's fine. All right. Do you want me to just take it from here? Yeah. Like I said, just take a long pause and 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 just start it, and I'll cut the rest of it out. Okay. Here we go. Okay, we're going to know a lot more about Ole Miss's NCAA situation next week when the Rebels release their response to the notice of allegations the NCAA served on them some almost 90 days ago. Now it's time to hear Ole Miss's side. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rebel Rise Live TGIF podcast. I'm David Dunson, along with your co-host, Dave Bevin. So what it sounds like right now, and today, of course, is May 20th, and the anticipation date for the release of Ole Miss's response to the NCAA notice of allegations was May 22nd. Of course, that's a Sunday. They're not going to uh, release anything on a Sunday. going to be one day next week. As we understand it, it is definitely coming. We'll shed a lot of light on the entirety of the NCAA inquiry into Ole Miss athletics, not only football, but women's basketball and track and field as well. And once this thing hits, once and for all, all of these people with all of this quote-unquote leaked information, well, the cards are going to be on the table because Ole Miss is going to respond to all of the charges and you're going to know what all of the charges are and you're going to know where Ole Miss stands with those charges. Some they probably won't contest. Some they will contest. And we'll get into a what looks to be a 90-day period of arguing back and forth, negotiating before a final resolution is reached, which I am told could now be as early as August, which would certainly be uh, a good thing for Ole Miss in light of uh, really wanting and needing to put this thing behind them. But, Dave, next week when, when this answer to the NCAA is released publicly, by Ole Miss, all the cards on the table. There will be no more speculating. And and I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a sad day for all of these media types who have been pushing a narrative of doom and gloom for the Ole Miss football program for quite some time. 
Yeah, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's something that uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it, it, it's been this day, you've just really been waiting to see, uh, you know, Ole Miss's response uh, to the uh, notice of allegations. We, we knew it was coming, um, and as you mentioned, it, it looks like it's going to be sometime next week. And, you know, when that unfolds, it, as you mentioned, David, uh, all, all that has been said in the past has been, you know, speculations. It, it has been through, you know, you know, whether what a source may have said. But when Ole Miss lays all the cards down on the table next week, that, that, that's what's going to be there and, you know, the, the biggest questions out there is, you know, how, how much of this in, involves, you know, uh, certain situations of what, you know, sources have said, you know, how much is going to be involved with the uh, women's basketball program, the, the field and track, and then the football program, how much of this is going to play an impact on, you know, the current staff, you know, how, how much of these allegations deal with the current staff, how much is that centered around, you know, the, the Laramie Tunsil situation. And all of that uh, is, you know, we should possibly find out more about that next week. Well, and I, I get back to using the power of deduction here. Let, let's use a little deductive reasoning. If there were serious allegations connected to this current Ole Miss staff, and I, and I first brought this up about a month ago, and now it's really starting to gain a little traction amongst people, but any serious allegations regarding the current coaching staff would have been dealt with swiftly and severely, as Ole Miss certainly given the opportunity to self-penalize itself for violations its own compliance department has found. Folks, no one has been fired on this coaching staff. You cannot say that enough. When, you, when you're reading the doom and gloom of so-and-so is going to get a show cause and, 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 and the whole staff may be in jeopardy, there's all kind of crazy stuff like that out there. Stop for one second and ask yourself, how many coaches has Ross York fired? How many has Hugh Freeze fired? Zero is your answer. Trust me, you don't risk the future of your football program to protect one coach who may have done something outside the lines of a serious nature. You don't do that. That coach would have been gone months ago if there were evidence of, of any kind of, of wrongdoing on the part of that coach. In fact, Hugh Freeze went on the Paul Feinbaum show earlier this week, and Feinbaum asked him, you know, what, you know, what would be your tolerance level, I'm paraphrasing here, for any coach on your staff? I'm going to quote Hugh Freeze word for word here. He said, and I quote, I know what we do, and I know that's not the case. I know that if I find that anyone in our staff would do that, which would shock me, I'm not talking about mistakes every staff makes, but knowingly do something that would jeopardize jeopardize our families and who we want to be and who we say we are, they would be in trouble, and he would not have a job. If there was intent to break rules, absolutely, Free says, he would fire a coach. Folks, 
It has not happened. That tells you a whole lot. That paints in broad strokes the big picture of what this NCAA inquiry has to do with the current staff. Before Freeze got here, we'll see where all the chips fall with the David Saunders stuff, things that would have occurred under Houston Nuts watch. But this staff, and, and Freeze is not saying they're perfect, and certainly neither am I. There are going to be mistakes and missteps that happen along the way with the intricacies of all of the rules that govern NCAA recruiting. You're going to have that, a violation of the bump rule. That's already been admitted to. That coach has been self-penalized. But as far as anything major that will stick to Hugh Freeze or any of his coaches, that's not going to be in there, folks. It's not going to be in there. If so, Ole Miss would have taken care of that itself a long time ago. This is all about getting this thing out from over your heads and moving past it. And a lot of that will take place next week when Ole Miss releases its response and the world can see what's been going on behind the curtain, so to speak. And you can quit getting your news from people with quote-unquote sources. Mm-hmm. We, we're guilty of reporting some of that, too. All we can do is tell you what we're being told. But these sources, we're talking about them cutting the flagpole down at Ole Miss on the football program, padlocking the doors to the Manning Center, it's absolutely ludicrous. The problem with all of that, this day and age, in the social media world in which we all live in, is that any Yoohoo with a Twitter account can go out there and put out the most controversial, profoundly wrong information. It gets retweeted 250 times. It's all over the Internet. And I don't blame the consumer. It's hard to wade through the junk that is truth and the junk that is bunk. And that's where you get this big cloud. And then the clickbaiting that goes on in the media world. It's the world we live in, folks. Nothing you can do about it, and it's not going back. The days of Walter Cronkite are over. If there's something sensational, a la Laramie Tunsil's draft night, you're going to have every negative connotation in the world associated with it on all the stories and all of the headlines you read all across the Internet. But hopefully, Ole Miss gets a a little vindication, starts down the road to some vindication next week with the release of the university's response to the NCAA charges. Vindication is relative. Certainly there's been wrongdoing. Ole Miss will pay a price for that. But I'm telling you, it is not to the extent that some wish it to be. And it's not to the extent with Hugh Freeze's coaching staff that some have portrayed it to be. So that's something for us to look forward to next week. Ole Miss's answers. We're probably not going to fight the NCAA on every charge. But we are hearing they are going to fight them and present their case on some of the charges. 
Something to look forward to. Probably early next week when we get that. But we understand it is definitely 100% sure coming down the pipe. There seems to be nothing this time round as it was last time round with one interested party filing an, an appeal that may have slowed things down. Nothing's going to stop stop it now. To borrow a line from an old Starship song, nothing's going to stop us now. It's coming. And it'll be much discussed next week, as it well should be. And then as things quiet down, the rumor mills will pop back up again, and all of the doom and gloom and naysayers will uh, will get back behind their microphones and their typewriters and keyboards and paint the picture they want to paint, regardless of what the facts are. So that's what we're looking at on this Friday, May 20th, regarding that. And I know it's frustrating for Ole Miss fans. You want this thing over with. If this wasn't in the in the picture right now, how excited, Dave, would Rebel fans be about their September 5th season opener versus Florida State in Orlando? Man, what a season opener. I don't think there's ever been one like that for Ole Miss before, where the entire nation is going to be watching. And you don't want that narrative on national television that night to have anything to do with a cloud of suspicion hanging over the Ole Miss football program. Get it out of the way as quick as you can and go to Orlando to do nothing but play Florida State. Yeah. How how much different would it be, Dave, if if this NCAA thing wasn't hanging over the program's head and all Ole Miss fans had to think about right now was, man, we got a great season opener at Florida State on September the 5th. Yeah, it it would be a uh, tremendous uh, boost. Uh, You're looking at a morale boost of, uh, you know, what Ole Miss, fans are, are, are looking at at this, and, you know, Ole Miss fans really didn't have that much time to uh, feel the glory and, and rejoice over the Sugar Bowl win and much less National Signing Day because uh, it, it seems like just as soon as uh, those two big events for Ole Miss uh, football, David, happened, um, you know, the, the uh, notice of allegations, uh, you know, started hitting – the, the media headlines, and then, uh, you know, looking at the NFL draft, that, that was supposed to be a uh, – and it turned out to be a historic night for the Ole Miss football program in, in, in regards to the draft, and it was something that for years Ole Miss fans had, had been looking forward to uh, with the exits of the big three, Laquan Treadwell and, and Laramie Tunsil and Robert Kimbici, and and then that cloud – uh, built back over it, and you know, boy, did it ever! Was, 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 was that not it, it, was that not a night like it, it, you know, uh, your your wedding day, and then your uh, your your bride to be's ex fiance shows up, and uh, she has second thoughts for you. I don't know how else to describe it. That was it. It, it, it just didn't seem like it was real. It, it really did not seem like it. It it, it was uh, real until you know uh, everything just unfolded right there. Uh, on on live uh, national television, and, you know, I think for Ole Miss, uh, this is my opinion, I think for Ole Miss, uh, now Ole Miss, uh, they don't owe it to anybody to release uh, their response to the NCAA. Uh, They don't have to. I do believe that it would be a good PR 
point for Ole Miss to to release their response uh, simply because you know uh, when when the notice of allegations released, uh, most of the uh, taunting came from you know rival media or uh, well, you know rival so, fan bases. Let, now let it's looking at in. let me hop in real quick right there, but they do have to release it now. It would be uh, I struggle for the word. It would it would not be a good situation if uh, it were decided next week to not release the mm-hmm. the response letter. At this point, it's been promised to the Ole Miss fans. Uh, they are right. expecting it, and uh, it's been promised to the uh, to the to the to the media storm as well. They're expecting it. It's going to be dissected, taken apart in every which way possible. And if you do not release it, uh, you're literally taking a hammer to your own head at that point. Now, we're just talking hypothetical here. The letter is going to be released next week. Don't worry about right. that. It's coming. Uh, you're, you're, you're going to be able to read it. There will be some redactions in there, I'm sure. But you'll get the general gist of how severe or how unsevere this situation is actually for for the very first time because they're going to address every charge. So you're going to know everything that is on the table. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for Ole Miss fans. Some, some fans I've talked to, they're like, look, right now at this point, I don't care if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I just want the peace of mind of knowing. And, and, and that's what's going to be delivered to Ole Miss fans next week. Um, you know, where the narrative goes from there, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, there's going to be a little crawfishing going on in terms of all of these people forecasting the, uh, the, the SMU syndrome is about to hit Ole Miss. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Don't believe it if you read it. Don't believe it if your buddy who's a fan of a team two states over says, hey, I hear you guys are about to get the death penalty. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're going to likely have scholarship reductions come out of the tail end of this thing. There's not going to be a bowl ban. That's not happening. It's not going to be a TV ban. That's not happening. There's not going to be a coach delivered a show cause. That's not happening. Or that coach would have already long ago been put on the uh, on the dusty trail. So, you know, maybe this makes the summer a little more passable. It won't be as restless as it would be if you did not know. But next week, so that's what you've got to look forward to. That's going to dominate the headlines for the next several days, if not weeks, after Ole Miss responds to the allegations. Take a deep breath. Enjoy your weekend. Don't worry about it. First of all, there's nothing you can do about it. Second of all, it's not going to be as bad as some have made it out to be. All right, let's move on to the recruiting front right now. Starkville, Mississippi, four-star linebacker Willie Gay yesterday tweeted on his top five. I don't think there were really any big surprises in there. Maybe the fact South Carolina made the top five, but it was the Gamecocks, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Michigan, LSU. That's Gay's top five. I talked to some sources last night and and you're probably not going to like this but understand that Mississippi State has really put the full court press on Willie Gay, not to say Ole Miss hasn't been 
but state working the hometown guy extremely hard. Uh, seems They seem to be resolved that they're not going to let another A.J. Brown situation happen right up under their noses. They want Willie Gay. They're all in for Willie Gay. And from what I'm hearing right now, their, their recruiting tactics on Willie Gay seem to be working. I would not have said that three or four months ago. There was a time in Willie Gay's recruitment, I think Ole Miss was out front. Dave, I think you would agree with me on that. I would absolutely agree with you. But from what I'm hearing right now, Willie has a has a really good relationship with the running back from Columbus, Mississippi, Kylan Hill, who committed to Mississippi State earlier this week. There is a group of those young men that have become close. Kylan Hill, Willie Gay, Sadiq Charles, the offensive lineman from the Jackson Metro area. DJ Avery at Grenada. Things like that are always working, the dynamics of recruiting. It's still early. Lots can happen. There's a whole season left to be played. Ole Miss obviously not coming from the uh, the the most prime position right now in the world of recruiting. It is an issue out on the recruiting trail. Those I talk to feel like that once this NCAA thing is resolved, all of that will go away and there will be plenty of time for, for, for the Rebels to – recover and finish strong with this 2017 class. There's no doubt schools are using it against the Rebels. But Willie Gay's top five again, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Michigan, LSU, South Carolina. Uh, If you want my honest-to-goodness opinion, only two of those schools will be in it at the end for Willie Gay. That'll be Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Also here, Alabama, planning to turn the heat up on Gay and get in the game. Never count Alabama out. So that's what's going on there. Three-star quarterback Connor Blumrick Blumrick, out of Pearland, Texas. This time last week looked to be a lock on delivering a commitment to the Rebels. On Tuesday, Texas A&M offered. Now, Blumrick, six foot six, almost six foot seven, two hundred and ten pound pro style passer, maybe the most underrated quarterback in the country. Remember, Dan Werner doesn't offer any junk. Blumrick came to Ole Miss on a visit with his parents. Werner's watched him throw this spring. Werner sees something in him. Why is Blumrick such a sleeper? Well, as a tenth grader, he tore his ACL. The recovery on that caused him to miss a good bit of football last year as a junior. He only threw for 1,400 yards. So not a ton of, of, of great film out there on him. I think had he played last year, and he threw you know, the entire season, he threw for 4,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns, he'd probably be a top-10 quarterback prospect in the country. So the kid has talent. There's no doubt about it. I talked to his father earlier this week. Ole Miss still very much in it, as is Texas A&M. Texas kid doesn't live very far from the A&M campus. Obviously, the offer gives him something to think about. If you're looking for something to cling to on the Ole Miss side, he's he's a, a distant relative of former Ole Miss great Charlie Connerly. As a matter of fact, his name is Connor Lee Blumrick. 
Lee as in L-E-E, but it's a play on the last name Connerly. So we're in a wait-and-see mode with Connor Blumrich. I don't think it'll take long for him to make his decision. He is blowing up, relatively speaking, considering in the last month two SEC West powers have offered in Ole Miss and a and Sure, he may sit back and just see what else comes his way. Can't fault a young man for doing that. His father told me Dan Werner relayed the message to him that he should take his time, make the right decision. Ole Miss totally understands. Texas kid getting the A&M offer. And I think the Rebels are playing that the right way. The other warm recruit on the, on, on the 2017 front is IMG Academy 2017 linebacker Santino Martillo. Planning to be in Oxford over the next couple of weeks with his mother in tow this time. He came with his father on his visit in April. And I, I think I can definitively say Ole Miss is his leader. I think I can also definitively say he's very close to announcing a decision. So that's another to watch right there. So that's what's going on on the recruiting front. Willie Gay's got a top five Ole Misses in it, but I think Mississippi State's probably searched ahead right now. Doesn't mean it'll stay that way. Connor Blumrick puts on the brakes, examining his options since A&M came into the picture for him. And I would be surprised if Santino Martiol is not a rebel by the beginning of the summer. So those are three hot topics from the world of recruiting. Well, speaking of things that were hot, depends on which way you look at it, from the Texas A&M perspective, hot, from the Ole Miss perspective, cold. Dave Bevan, last night, things didn't turn out the way Ole Miss fans would have liked to have seen it in College Station, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was uh, baseball is one of those games, and last night proved it. Uh, you, anything can be decided in uh, one inning of play. Uh, Ole Miss was was trailing uh, one to nothing early on. Uh, Kobe Bortles hit a solo home run, was able to tie the game. Uh, you know, and then halfway through the game, everything just kind of fell apart there in the uh, sixth inning. Uh, Texas A&M was able to uh, capitalize on, on a five-run inning, and uh, that that was all that they needed. Uh, Ole Miss was not able to put, punch another run through. So uh, still uh, two more games left in the series. Um, and as we mentioned before, uh, a lot, of, a lot uh, for the postseason – uh, portion of it is at stake for Ole Miss um, in in these uh, remaining two games. It, it is if if Ole Miss, I, I firmly believe that if Ole Miss can get at least one win out of this series against Texas A and M, and then move on and and be a serious contender in the uh, SEC tournament, then there is a, a very good chance for uh, Ole Miss to uh, host a, a regional. And, and possibly be a national seat. And, but they have to have, uh, in my opinion, have to have a win against Texas A&M in, in this series. Ole, Ole Miss currently sits with the RPI, uh, I believe it's five, 
in, in, in the top five of, of the RPI. So they uh, no, number number six RPI. Number six. I, I knew I knew it was five or six. Uh, so they're they're sitting right in uh, that bubble. Of course, the national seat is, is your top eight uh, teams in in the country. The Ole Miss is top, sitting top in that eight, bubble. Not top eight in the opinion of the selection committee. Not necessarily right. the not RPI necessarily the RPI. Or... Right. Uh, so, but. In, in order to have that resume, you still have to, uh, in my opinion, David, have to have a win against Texas A&M in this series. Well, baseball can be a game of streaks. As you saw, Ole Miss got very, very hot, which is why they have the nation's number six RPI and ranked sixth in the country for the consecutive second consecutive week. The loss at Arkansas State midweek, then the loss last night in College Station, now you've got two more in College Station tonight and tomorrow. And Ole Miss simply must salvage one of those games in College Station. Because you could very easily be looking at not being one of the top four SEC seeds in Hoover. Meaning on day one, you're playing an elimination game. Loser, go home. One game. And just say, if you were swept in College Station after losing the midweek to Arkansas State, and people don't put a lot of emphasis on midweek games, and I think you're wrong for that. Those those who don't put a lot of emphasis on those midweek games, listen, if Ole Miss was 500 in their midweek games this year and not 11-3, and three, I think, is their midweek record, they wouldn't even be in the conversation to host a, a first-round NCAA regional. Those midweek games are very, very important. Those non-conference games, those wins over Louisville, those wins at Coastal Carolina in that tournament early in the year, the win over Southern Miss, all of those stack up for you when you want to talk about your RPI. But here's what can happen. You can't lose a midweek game at Arkansas State, go to College Station and get swept, not be a top four seed at the SEC tournament in Hoover and be one and done and expect to host. I don't think you host if that happens. Ole Miss needs, needs to win a few more, I think, to lock up even a, a, a first-round regional host role. Uh, I don't think the NCAA will reward you if you have lost, let's count them up, one, two, three, four, five, your last five games. Mm-hmm. So there's much to play for if you're Mike Bianco and the Ole Miss Rebels. They need a win in College Station. If nothing else, just to carry a little bit of momentum into the SEC tournament, which begins next week, Tuesday, 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 in Hoover. Because, again, it's looking like Ole Miss will not be one of the top four seeds in the SEC tournament to receive a bye. And if that's the case, their first game in Hoover is loser, go home. Mm-hmm. Again, just to reiterate, if you've lost Arkansas State three in a row to Texas A&M and you lose a first-round conference tournament game, I don't think you're going to get a regional in Oxford. On the other hand, I think if they could take one of three in College Station, you win on Tuesday at the SEC tournament, and you play for a couple of more days, get a couple of wins under your belt, and you don't have to win the thing, you don't have to be playing in the championship game, then I think Ole Miss gets a, gets a regional in Oxford. Only way they're going to get a super regional at this point is they're going to, have to take the series from A&M, which means beating the nation's number two team tonight and tomorrow. If they can do that, there's a possibility they end up as a top four seed. 
and then stick around Hoover for a couple of days, win a couple over there, then perhaps you're a national seed at that point. So that's not off the table yet. A lot of baseball, a lot of intriguing things going on with baseball right now. Tonight's game, a 6.30 Central Time start. It's on the SEC Network Plus. Sophomore lefty David Parkinson going on the hill for Ole Miss. He'll go against Texas A&M sophomore Turner Larkins. You know, one thing I noticed about the A&M players, they all have last names for first names. Have you noticed that? Have you looked at the <laughs> roster? Yeah. I mean, the kid pitching last night, his first name was Brigham. Kid pitching tonight, first name is Turner. And if you don't have a last name for a first name on the A&M roster, they have to call you something like Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right there. It, it definitely is. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a very talented team. Uh, I, I watched the game last night with, with you, David. It, it was uh, a uh, – very talenting, talenting uh, pitching uh, staff that they, that they have, and uh, uh, they, they work the bases on them. So uh, in, in order for Ole Miss to stay in this series, like, like I said, you know, uh, baseball can be decided in one inning. Uh, Ole Miss has just got to uh, stay solid. They were solid in, in the first half of, of the game. They, they got to stay solid, you know, defensively for the full game. Uh, tonight, and uh, then and then get something going their way offensively, and I, I think it is, is a very uh, good possibility that if those things fall into places, it, of course, it's a very good possibility that Ole Miss can take one, possibly two, from Texas A&M this weekend. Yeah, it doesn't matter that A&M blew up for five runs in the sixth last night. You're not going to beat Texas A&M scoring one run. I mean, that's the bottom line. You're going to have to hit the baseball and beat Texas A&M. It's going to take more than a single run across the plate. And that didn't happen. So a loss is a loss, whether it be 6-1, 2-1, whatever. One run's not going to beat Texas A&M. Ole Miss will try again, as we mentioned, tonight at 6.30. Sophomore lefty David Parkinson will, will take his turn dealing to that dangerous Texas A&M Aggie lineup. There's something else going on in the world of diamond sports today that, that has captivated us. The Ole Miss softball team begins playing the NCAA tournament 5.30 Central Time this afternoon against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane out in Norman, Oklahoma. Ole Miss's first ever appearance in the NCAA tournament. And Dave, now i, I got to toot our horns. We've been talking about the job that head coach Mike Smith has done with his softball program now for several weeks, if not a couple mm-hmm. months here on the Rebel Rise Live podcast. And, um, and you want to talk about a winner. This guy's just a winner. Look, I'm telling you, look, five years ago, I, I, I had the privilege and honor to do play-by-play radio for the Ole Miss softball team for, for the entire season. And, and I, I didn't miss a home game. Okay, I did all the radio for the home games, some of the road games. And i got to be honest with you, the program was a wreck. It was almost comical. Terrence uh, mm-hmm. Medcalf was doing the color for me on the play-by-play. And, and, and i got to tell you, we, we, we looked at each other very strangely sometimes up there in the booth with how bad this was. I remember doing a game Ole Miss played against Florida back then, where Florida was beating Ole Miss so bad. That's the, the first base coach at Florida and the third base coach at Florida, they kind of, they kind of whispered in each other's ear, 
And, and from that point on, Florida played station-to-station baseball. And what I mean by that is Florida batter would get in the box, bounce one off the wall out in the outfield, first base coach hold him up at first. Next, next girl would get in the box, the next skater would bounce one off the wall, third base coach hold the runners up at second. I mean, it was literally station-to-station ball. Played LSU one year. They had a young lady that just, uh, if she made contact, she was going to get on base. She was that fast. And then when she was on first, she could basically walk to second to steal and walk to third to steal. I only say this because I want to illustrate where that program was. And Mm -hmm. and yesterday during the pre-NCAA tournament press conference, uh, you know, Matty Osias and and Haley Lunderman kind of alluded a little bit to that, uh, talking about their accomplishments this year and how, how proud it made them, considering where the program has been. Mike Smith's got too much class to talk about that. He didn't. He didn't say it, but his players did, and they're right. It is. It is remarkable, amazing. And I'll go as far to say say this: the turnaround Mike Smith is doing with the Ole Miss softball program is every bit as impressive as what Hugh Freeze did with the Ole Miss football program. Because when Hugh got here, it was a wreck too. Coming mm-hmm. off that two and ten year, terrible. I remember Louisiana Tech beating Ole Miss 27-7 to Houston Nuts last season in Oxford. And it's about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I look around Vaught Hemingway Stadium, and I promise you, Dave, there weren't 3,000 people left in there. Right. The, the support, the enthusiasm around the program was totally drained. And Hugh comes in, and he changes that immediately. Mike Smith's done the same thing with the Ole Miss softball program, and he should be commended for it. I know softball's not football. It's not even baseball or men's basketball in terms of uh, a sport that fans enthusiastically engage in, particularly at Ole Miss, and there's a reason why. We talked about the history of the program. They've been playing softball at Ole Miss for more than 20 years. It's the first time they've ever been to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. ever in the history of their program. And that happens at 5.30 Central Time this afternoon. It's on ESPN 3. If you get a chance to watch it, and even if it's just moral support for Mike Smith and his Rebels, from, from, from your easy chair in your living room, they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. They play Tulsa. Tulsa's a very good team, 35-19 and 19 on the year. Ole Miss 39-20, and 20, one win away from 40. Program's never won 40 games before. That would be a milestone. Winner plays winner, loser plays loser tomorrow in Norman. Oklahoma Sooners, they are the top seed at 47-7. and seven. They are a softball national powerhouse. Other team in the regional is Wichita State. Oklahoma and Wichita State will play tonight. But get interested in it because I'm going to tell you something. There are going to be some great things happening for that Ole Miss softball program that are going to make you proud. And again, Mike Smith deserves much credit for what he is doing with that program. It's in very good hands. The recruiting is going exceptionally well. And check this out. This Ole Miss team, we set a record for school victories in a season. First ever team to go to the NCAAs, as we've mentioned, is the third youngest team in America. The third youngest, Dave. Mm-hmm. 13 underclassmen on this team. Six freshmen. Seven sophomores of the six freshmen. One of them is one of the best freshmen in the nation, in Philadelphia, Mississippi native Haley Lunderman. 
slick-fielding, hard-hitting shortstop that's got three more seasons left for Mike Smith and his program. So if you get a chance this afternoon, 5.30, get off work, grab a cold one, whatever it is you do, get in front of that computer, hit up ESPN3, watch these girls play softball. All right, Dave, it's time for closing thoughts now on this TGIF edition of the Rebel Rise Live podcast. What's on your mind, my man? Well, Ben, uh, I really have to give a uh, birthday shout-out to my seven-year-old son, Jacob, uh, this morning. Today is his birthday. Um, I'm just going through my Facebook this morning and and through my phone and looking through my photo albums and and just how much he has changed over the years. It's just amazing. And, and you you know, the feeling as well, David, as a father to see see your son's uh, daughters uh, from from birth, and you know, I'm looking through the the photos of of him, you know, holding him as a baby up to you know, hugging him, going onto the field uh, uh, of his first football season. So uh, it, it it really was a uh, tear teared me up. You know, it it was uh, uh, emotional to uh, just uh, realize that you know, seven years have just flown by. I'm getting older, uh, so but. Wanted to wish him uh, a happy birthday. I generally don't do this, but I, but, but a little personal shout out myself. Uh, my my son, my oldest child, Eli, will be going back to his high school tonight and graduating, walking with his class. Of course, he's been at Ole Miss since January, early enrollee. Uh, but um, going to be walking down the aisle tonight to uh, receive his uh, diploma from Lafayette High School and uh, officially ending uh, any and all. Uh, of his childhood, I, I reckon, as uh, he's now playing football for for the Ole Miss Rebels. So that's uh, what I'll be doing uh, this evening with a with an earpiece in my ear and following uh, the action best I can of uh, Ole Miss baseball and Ole Miss softball while I am watching my young man graduate. So, uh, big night, proud of him, and, uh, and we're excited about it. Well, thank you very much for that. So. That's going to do it for this edition of the TGIF Rebel Rise Live podcast. And as always, we we thank you, sincerely thank you, for your patronage and and the fact that you're listening to us uh, talk about something we're equally passionate about, and that's Ole Miss Athletics. So I do want to pass along get well wishes uh, to our good friend on the board who is is known as Oscar. Uh, Oscar uh, suffering what we understand to be a mild, heart attack yesterday. He's a, he's a vital part of our message board community. Uh, very informed poster, very intuitive. And uh, Oscar, if, uh, if, you're, if you were feeling up enough to get to this point of the podcast, we, we, we certainly wish you well and you are in Absolutely. all of our thoughts and prayers. Uh, so with that, we'll bid adieu uh, for Dave Bevan. I'm David Johnson for 247 Sports. And as always, we wish you Hotty cut. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.